What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire? Running your own company? Achieving your life's goals? Yet wake up in a cold sweat? Next to last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of caviar dreams, tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto. And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Well, hello, caviar dreamers. Hi, caviar dreamers. Checking in on everybody. It's the Marge and Lex. Here we are again from self-isolation, social distanced together. Social distanced together at my kitchen table. Safely. Safely social distance. Hope you guys are all home, healthy, and safe. But I just want to let you know, we have an amazing, amazing guest today that's really pertinent for our times. We have Farnoosh Tarabi. This is the one person that everyone needs to hear right now. Everyone's suffering from a lot of pain and anxiety and stress around this ever-changing climate, this global pandemic that has hit our economy like a ton of bricks. It's terrifying. Yeah. I think everybody, besides the, the basics that we're worried about, the most important thing is our safety and our health. But a lot of people are worried about money. And <clears> it's <throat> true that money you know, does really affect your safety. It's hard to feel safe when you may lose things that are important to you, like the ability to put a roof over your head and ability to pay your bills and ability to feed your family. That That's scary. And it does make you feel very unsafe. I know people, are, people who I am very close to have lost their jobs. People are on furlough. We have people who are, who are gig workers. Yeah. And it's a very who tough are, time for everyone. And pe- those people are self-employed. And they are not covered um, currently by unemployment, though th- things are changing, which Farnoosh will tell us. So time, times are scary and people are, are, are worried and we want to ease your minds and we're all going to get through this. And Farnoosh, Farnoosh is the best person to tell you. And she says it in layman's terms and she, she's unbelievable. And I just want um, to do a shout out. One of our listeners is the one who told us to have her on. Yep, that's right, Alex. Yes, yes, good, Lexi. Alex told us to have Farnoosh Tarabi on, and we take your advice very seriously. So if you have any other guests you want us to have, DM us or put it on my Instagram feed, because we want to give you what you want. 
And Alex did actually have another question for us too. Yes. This will take our mind, but we'll think back to better times, better times with the, um, the scope of the Macbeth world. So he is a huge fan of you, Marge. Oh, great. Alex naturally. Clark. Okay. And he has been listening to Farnoosh's advice since he met her in 2016. So she was so happy. Uh, he was so happy to connect us. He, he actually met her and through her guidance, he was able to jump two titles in the company that he changed from and increased his salary by 20K. So her advice really has had an impact on someone's life there. Yes. So that's great. Alex, so proud of you. That's so amazing. And he had a question for us. So obviously, <clears throat> Macbeth has had a huge scope over the years. And through all the businesses that we've had, all the different categories, all the different product categories that like luggage, um, office supplies, cosmetic bags, apparel, tech, all the different retailers. What has been our favorite category to design and manufacture and why? It's not always the biggest money maker. I enjoy doing the fashion and the clothing the best. 100%. Because I love it so much, though apparel has not been our biggest money maker. We always made a lot of money in tech accessories and I also love to design cosmetic bags and beauty, yes. which we do very well from. But our and our biggest money maker always was tech, believe it or not, tech accessories because we were the first ones in fashion tech accessories. But the funnest thing that we've ever designed and manufactured is apparel. I agree a million percent. When it's something that you could really inject your personality in and really have, you know, it's such a point of view that's true to who you are is your style. <laughs> so I do think that's been the most fun. And I think a fun fact that people don't understand, our biggest moneymaker on the Macbeth collection is a dog food storage bin. Yes, right now, currently, it's a dog food storage bin. If you look it up, it's me. It's by Paw Prince Products, which is a division of Advantis. And we do these great dog food storage bins. I should put it on the website. It is on the website. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, by the, the way, thank you, Lexi. Website. Lexi has it on the website. <laughs> so you could go from Margaret Joseph's One to of them the is Macbeth really collection. Cute, says Bon Appetit. Yes, and it does very well. And that's really sold at Home Goods and TJ Maxx. And the great thing about having those not necessarily such glamorous items to design, those core cool items that are, you know, the as I'd say, the bread and the milk allow you to do the fun things like the caviar and the champagne. Exactly. Exactly. It lets us do our cre our creative things that don't necessarily always pay the bills, but really lets my creativity get out there. But with that being said, we're going back to talking about money and what's going on right now, because I was saying this coronavirus is the great equalizer because no matter what your socioeconomic background is, you know, it's hitting everybody. It's hitting rich people, people who live paycheck to paycheck, everybody, people losing money in the market, people are out of work, illness knows no boundaries. So it's causing people a lot of anxiety. So I wanted to tell you about a company called Better Help, spelt better help, H-E-L-P. It's an online therapy. And you know what? No one loves therapy more than the Marge. I love to go to therapy but no one's leaving the house right now to go to therapy. You can call your therapist on the phone or whatever you need to do. But if you don't have a therapist now, people are thinking, what am I going to do? And in general, everybody should be in therapy. Don't tell me people don't have baggage. Yeah, this is also, it's not a crisis line. It's, it's not, not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's nothing like that. Just in general, everybody needs therapy. I don't care what you say. 
No, this is professional counseling done securely online. And you can get set up very quickly and start communicating within 24 hours. When you go on the site, it's fantastic. You answer very tailored questions so they can match you with a therapist that is really perfect for you. Yeah, you answer a ton of questions. It's available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your personalized counselor. Listen, I have friends in the Midwest and they say to me, there's no great therapist here. I can't find anybody. I live in a small town. Well, guess what? Better help is for you because this connects you with a counselor that's perfect for you. And everything is now becoming online. It's it's so easy. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. They have financial aid available. It's such a great idea. So, I mean you could be home just having therapy, you know, making yourself feel good about yourself, deal with your childhood problems. I love it. And help yourself to get to those goals that you have once this is all over. Yes. We can finally start living our best life again. Yes. I went, I've been reading all about it going online. The reviews are phenomenal. I mean, there's reviews from today. Look at this. I'm going to read one here. They're talking about one of the counselors. It says, Helen is an absolute maverick with what she does. Sometimes I consider myself hard to teach, but Helen makes it easy for me to learn from her without feeling patronized or disciplined. That's so great. And the responses that you'll get are so timely and so quick. So they get you connected with someone right away and you never have to sit in like an uncomfortable waiting room, schedule appointments way out. This is fast and it's effective. Yes. And it's private. So you could visit the website and read the testimonials yourself and you can use our code, which is caviar. So betterhelp.com forward slash caviar. So it's better H-E-L-P. And you can join the over 800,000 people that are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. So that's it again. It's So you get 10% off to all our podcast listeners for your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash caviar, C-A-V-I-A-R, betterhelp.com forward slash caviar. We will have this on our website at margaretjosephs.com, which has the caviar dreams little segment which will have everything we're doing today on there. So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So we're so excited. We have Farnoosh Tarabi here. She's one of America's leading personal finance authorities, and she's hooked on helping you live your richest, happiest life. And now with this quarantine and everything that's going on with our pandemic, we need her more than ever. So thanks, Farnoosh, for coming on today. Thank you, ladies, and thank you for covering this topic. I just want everybody to know we are Skyping her in. Don't get freaked out on us that we're, you know, not social distancing. I get a lot of that. (laughs) Yes, we are taking social distancing very, very seriously over here. And this is a really serious time. People are panicked, crippled with anxiety and fear because the way this pandemic hit the global economy is terrifying. Yeah, completely unexpected. Um, You know, I remember in January, we were worried about potential like war with Iran, you know, and like, remember January? Um, It's been a long year. And now, Absolutely, people are terrified for a lot of reasons. This health crisis has quickly escalated into a financial crisis for so many people. And I just want everyone to know that this is nobody's fault, right? I think that with a lot of um, money, and I, you know, I've been working in the money space for 17 years, I find that so much of it is emotional, even on good days. We, we have a lot of emotional um, issues with our money. We have a tough relationship with money, a lot of us. And we associate our net worth with, with self-worth. 
And so right now, yes, bank accounts are running on low. But I think also because of that, our self-esteem, our, self, uh, our self-confidence is also very, very impacted right now. And I just want to tell everybody, don't let it get to you. Don't let this get to you in a way where you might feel like, where did I go wrong? Or how could I have arrived at this place? Because that's a natural feeling a lot of us are having right now. We're not um, feeling as though you know it's appropriate to ask for help or we feel bad about it. I don't want to take a handout. Take the handout. Accept the help. Ask for the help. Everybody is feeling the pain of this to some extent, whether you've lost your job, you've been furloughed, you're taking care of a loved one who is sick and can't go to work. And so don't feel as though this is your fault, that you could have done anything differently. We're all in this together and we need to come together, talk about our solutions, talk about our issues and put all of that sort of negativity and self-loathing aside because this is a real equalizer in some ways, the financial aspect, everybody, whether you are rich or middle class or paycheck to paycheck, everybody is struggling right now to some extent. That's such a good way of putting it. That's what I was saying. It is the great equalizer because this COVID-19 obviously knows no socioeconomic boundaries. And everybody, if you have money in the market, you're losing money. Every Everybody's really feeling it. So we were saying that, you know, a gig worker, you know, the gig economy, it's, it's set to employ 43% of Americans in 2020. You know, freelancers, influencers, contract-based work, designers, Uber, Lyft, Postmates. And the economy, you know, it doesn't come with the traditional union, protection, insurance, you're a 1099 employee. What advice do you have for someone whose work dried up overnight? Because yeah. they can they file for unemployment? Like, what do people do yeah. with this situation? Yeah. So that's a great question because things are changing on that front. Traditionally, those types of workers, the gig workers, the self-employed, would not usually qualify for their state's unemployment. It's typically those who are full-time employees that would get that unemployment insurance. But now, since that $2 trillion stimulus package passed a couple of weeks ago, in that there is a provision for all of the people you just mentioned the gig workers, the dog walkers, the self-employed hairdressers, everybody to now apply for their state's unemployment. The arrangement now is that if you weren't, if you didn't normally get unemployment, now you would probably get about half of what your state's average payout is per week. So in New York state where I live, it's about $540 a week. So you would get about $270 a week plus the extra $600 a week from the government from the federal government do know this because you know and and the the rules are always being announced they're always changing so it's important to stay up on the news and know this that if you didn't qualify before you can probably qualify now you want to go onto your state's labor department website and start applying for unemployment it may take a while there's a big obviously line for this but once you qualify, your check, your paycheck should come within a couple of weeks and it'll be retroactive from when you were laid off. The $600 additional per week is going to be through the end of July. It's not going to be through the end of the year. That's just a, an extra bonus, but you could at least get half of your state's minimum, um, half of your state's average unemployment benefits. Um, another thing I would just say to gig workers and anyone who's lost their job or been displaced right now, You may have lost your job, but you didn't lose your skills. You didn't lose your network. You didn't lose your education. You didn't lose your experience, right? And right now there are sectors that are growing, right? So obviously some businesses have shuttered for obvious reasons. They cannot, we we are sheltering in place, 
but there are essential businesses out there that are still growing. For example, this platform that we're using right now, Squadcast, you know, Zoom, Skype, you know, all these different telecommuting softwares, they're still growing because there's demand. There's obviously demand for pharmaceuticals, food, delivery. So think about how you might be able to pivot and not maybe not work in your old industry, in a new industry temporarily to, to create more revenue for yourself. And I know like I have a lot of actor friends, performer friends. Obviously, they can't go on to the stage right now or go on set, but they're teaching online. I have two kids. You have kids. We know that now we have to teach them on top of everything else from home. And I would love if somebody could come and like offer my kids some supplemental education online. I would pay for that if it's good. So there are people that are realizing where are the needs, where can my skills fit in, and how can I use the internet to get those opportunities and start making money. That's so great. So many people are like in a panic right now and are staying up on the news. And there's so many things bounced around in the news. We're hearing a lot about this government stipend that's going to be for, you know, I know the stipulations, what your salary is. Could you explain a little bit more? Because numbers have been thrown around, but there's no clear plan that I've heard. Right. So essentially, there's a $1,200 per person paycheck from the government that should be going out in the next, I don't know, I, I don't know the exact date, but so don't hold me accountable to that. But we we should be expecting that within the next, I would say, month or two. Um, how it works is that it is um, up to $1,200 per person. Married couples get twice that. And so if you're married, you get $2,400 and then $500 additional per child. So if you're a family of two, that's $2,400 plus another $1,000, $3,400 for your family. You start to disqualify for this after a certain income level. So that, you know, is a sliding scale. I believe it's $99,000 per person for the household. It's a little bit more. Um, you know, if you just go on the internet and Google government $1,200 stipend, there's a lot of good resources out there, whether that's government websites. I like to look at the New York Times and places like that that are updating their content regularly. I mean, this is the truth is that unfortunately we don't have we should, but we don't have a centralized system for communicating all of this. Um, we've been promised a sort of one-stop destination online to answer all these questions from the government. I don't see that yet. So in the meantime, it's important to go to some trusted resources, whether that's your, you know, your state leaders, your community leaders, your employer a lot of times can also answer these questions, you know, podcasts, but also I like to go to like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, it's journalists, News. It's, this is it's so critical that we um, support our, our our journalists right now because they're working around the clock to try to disseminate all this information for us. Do you suggest? I mean, banks are working. People could um, delay their mortgages. I heard car payments. Yeah. So you know, it's really important. Back to what I said initially. Everybody is hurting right now, and I think that one of the nice things that we're seeing is that everyone's coming together to create some flexibility. People can't pay their monthly bills. So should they be evicted from their home? Should their credit score suffer? No, right? Um, it's no one's best interest to have everybody fail. So what we're seeing right now is banks, for example, and credit card issuers call uh, saying that they would be willing to defer your payments. That doesn't mean you don't have to pay them ever, but that for the next month or two or three, you can pay nothing or you can pay as much as you can and then sort of deal with it in the coming months. Um, sometimes those payments get tacked on to your balance. 
Sometimes they're spread over the next year or two. So hopefully they won't all come become crashing due within like one month. But um, this is definitely something that it pays to be proactive and call all of your billers, everyone from your landlord. If you're renting, we're hearing anecdotally wonderful um, stories here in Brooklyn where I live, a landlord who owns multiple properties basically said to all of his renters, forget the month of March, forget the month of April, right? And oh, great. And that's such a nice story. Oh. It's such a nice story. But just yesterday too, I was interviewing someone on my podcast, uh, a yoga studio owner who clearly had to close her studio temporarily, called her landlord. She was nervous about it, but um, she coached herself before the call, called him up and said, hey, as you know, business has closed for me. And so I'm just wondering if there's any flexibility with rent. And he said to her, sure, what do you propose? Really? I mean, that's, and she said, well, how about if I can give you half of what I paid last month? He said, look, just call me back in July, take the months off. And, you know, this is the sort of thing where I don't think that the banks and the lenders are going to call you and offer this, but certainly you can call and be honest. Honesty is the best policy. Tell them how you've been impacted by COVID-19. And, and learn what they might be able to provide you. There are relief programs that are not at all, a lot of the banks, a lot of the credit card companies, again, whether it's they defer your payment, they take rid of interest, they get rid of the fees. Um, normal, like I remember the little recession, this was happening, right? And so fast forward to today, unemployment number is much higher. We have far more financial calamity. And so I would expect that at minimum, whatever they did in the recession, they could do now maybe even more. That's great. I love that everybody's just working together and doing all of those things. So the government is also printing more money at this time. And this yes. is something that always confuses me. Yeah. I am yeah. specifically a finance skill. That's definitely not my sector. I'm good at spending money. So how does it impact the economy when governments just decide to print more money and put yeah. more currency in circulation? Yes. So I wasn't the best economics student, but I can tell you that when the money is printed and it's just thrown into the into the economy, there's potential for inflation, for prices to go up down the road, people sort of being artificially, you know, paid, like there's more money than there is, there's more supply than there is demand. However, I think that in this moment, we're talking that $2 trillion stimulus that was just enacted there's talk that that's not even going to be enough, right? That that's just the beginning. So that money, I think that that $2 trillion stimulus alone is not what is going to kick off inflation in our country because that's going to get very quickly sucked up by everybody. Like we, that is just, that's just oxygen right now to keep head above water. I think that in the coming months, as we reassess and maybe there's more money that, that gets poured into the economy, certainly, but Honestly, I'm not worried about that. I think that we have to do what we have to do and then we'll deal with it later. You know, there's, this is um, unprecedented and I don't think that we should be too concerned about the implications in a year or two um, if it means that everybody can keep their homes, keep their jobs, stay healthy. We have to do what we have to do. So with people who have savings 401ks where there's penalties for dipping into those, are companies going to forgive those penalties now? Is this the time to like tap into your savings? Well, I was just reading the other day that there may be, there's a push right now. I think there's a bill to um, eliminate penalties for early withdrawal from 401ks and IRAs. Um, yeah, that's I, 
Yeah, they're going to try to get rid of that. Uh, and then also reading about capital gains tax, eliminating capital gains tax. If you wanted to take out your even just your standard brokerage account cash from your stock portfolio. I will say this, though, what is true right now, if you have a Roth IRA, um, which is a, st a standard retirement account, many people have them, um, you can take out your contributions tax-free and penalty-free. And, and that's true at any time. And, and right now I'm telling people, if you don't have an emergency fund of at least six months, whereby if you lose your job and you have to keep the lights on, you have at least six months of your expenses, basic expenses in a bank account. If the answer is no, then I would look to things like taking money out of your Roth IRA, um, maybe taking out a personal loan against your 401k. This isn't stuff that I normally advise. I would never want anyone to compromise their retirement. But again, this is unprecedented times. Right now, cash is queen. If you don't have cash in the bank, I worry for you. I worry for you. And I don't think this is a time to be investing. If anything, it's a time to be looking for ways to take cash out of the way that you're spending and the way that you have been investing to shore up your emergency account. Um, and so to your question, I think that, again, this is a, a, ter a, a part of the economy that is changing. We might hear in a week or two that, hey, you can take money out of your 401k penalty free. We hope, I, you know, I, I don't want this to be the message like everyone should do this. It's really if you don't have the savings um, and then going back to investing in your 401k once, obviously, things um, get, get better. Get better. Exactly. We are all trying our best to stay home right now, but that doesn't mean business can stop. We all still have to keep going as much as possible. I know. I, we're, we're still shipping some things from the website. I have things to mail out. I, you know, <laughs> sending some stuff back from Amazon, doing a bunch of create all different things. So you know what, what I love? Stamps.com. It is the best. You don't have to leave your house and you could do on stamps.com. Anything you could do at the post office. I know. Marge Singer has been onto stamps.com for absolutely ever. And now I've gotten onto stamps.com. I don't hate anything more than going to the post office. And now I'm not even allowed to go to the post office. We can't go to the post office with COVID going on, COVID-19. You, you have to stay home. So stamps.com gives you a discount. It's, it's less expensive to go online and print out your postage than showing up at the post office. Do you believe that, Lexi? I know. And the discounts are huge too. In addition to doing having discounts on all the USPS stuff, they now partner with UPS and you can get up to a 62% discount on shipping with UPS. I mean, you have the US Postal Service running your computer in the safety and comfort of your own home where you're hunkering down. It's absolutely crazy. So whether you have your small business, whether you're just doing work from home, whether you just want to mail stuff, whether you want to send love letters to those people you aren't seeing to be romantic... It's absolutely perfect. You could do it anywhere, 24-7 at your computer, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail's ready, you just leave it for your mail carrier to pick it up. You schedule a free package pickup or just drop it in a mailbox. No human contact is required. I mean, this was made for a pandemic, just so you know. It's, it really is a no-brainer. It saves you time and money. Five cents of every first class stamp. 40% of USPS shipping rates. And like we said before, 62% of UPS. I mean, freaking 62% off UPS. That is 
unbelievable because sometimes I complain, you know, to ship stuff has gotten very expensive, but 62% off is such a bargain. And no residential surcharges. Did you know that there's sometimes a three to $5 surcharge on a UPS? Pickup? Yes, I know that because I run my business out of my house and I always say it's a business pickup and then they try and scam me and say, oh, it's residents. And I'm like, no, I run my business out of my house, but now there is no residential surcharge. So this is even better. So everyone needs to jump on this right away. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any <clears> long-term <throat> commitment. Yes, but don't step on the scale. No. <laughs> Especially not in a pandemic. You can't mail me. I weigh way too much. So go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in caviar, C-A-V-I-A-R. That's, That's- stamps.com. And enter caviar. So stay safe, my friends, and go to stamps.com. Be well. All right. You've really covered so many great things. I, I just absolutely love it. I want to get back to like how you got to be you, Barnoosh. How, how did you get? Because I know, <laughs> you know, your, your parents are immigrants. You, you know, you were born in this country. You went to some great schools. You started out at Penn State. You grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. They settled in the United States. They lived the American dream. You know, it was just so unbelievable. So tell us about your background because it's so interesting. Well, so you're right. I am the daughter of Iranian immigrants. They came yes. here in the late 70s. I was born in 1980. I turned 40 this year, ladies. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. I really credit my family for making, I mean, we all have this story, right? We are who we are because of our families, our experiences growing up. And particularly when it comes to money stuff, you know, my parents, I think it's true for a lot of Middle Eastern families and the culture is just, we we talk about money. It's not taboo here in America. It's very taboo. It's not polite to talk about money. Um, People think you're being flashy or inappropriate or rude. Um, Not the case growing up as an Iranian uh, child. Like we talk about money at the dinner table in a way that was very constructive. You know, my parents talked about their jobs. My parents would be very transparent with us when we couldn't afford things, when my dad did get a raise and that maybe Matt, we could go on that trip. So I was able to see how money sort of ruled our world and made an impact on our world. It made an impact when we were able to move to a better neighborhood because my dad and my parents worked hard to save and do that for us. So I saw the benefits of saving. Um, I remember also, you know, we didn't, grow up rich at all. My parents were immigrants and my dad was a student. And so he got a stipend and we lived on credit cards when we, when I was younger and my mom would take me to the department store to show me how she was paying off the credit card, you know, and it wasn't maybe an intentional exercise, but she, I was with my mom all the time and I would get curious, like, and they would answer the questions. And I think that's an important message for all parents is that your kids will naturally show a curiosity about money. And it's important that we feed that curiosity um, and rather than, you know, sort of saying like, that's not, a, and don't ask that question or, you know, making them feel bad for having that curiosity. I was never made to feel bad about having financial curiosities. And so I got older. I think that firstly, I just wanted to pursue a career where I felt like I was in service. I, I always kind of wanted to maybe be a journalist or um, I don't know. I like helping. I'm like the girl who likes to give you directions. I'm that person <laughs> on the street, like stop me. Cause I will help you. I just like to be helpful. And I pursued finance first in college at Penn state. And then I went to journalism school at Columbia soon after, and just combined those two fields, started working as a financial journalist, 
and really found my niche in helping young people initially with their money. I was a young person. I had student loan debt. I had credit card debt. I was making very little money in New York City. I felt as though I didn't really have financial role models or someone who was my contemporary sharing financial advice with me in a way that was, um, you know, sort of digestible and, and not intimidating. And so I kind of took on that role in my career as somebody who could be that girlfriend to give you the financial advice. And so worked my way up the ranks in financial journalism, worked at a lot of great publications, wrote my first book. And that book actually, You're So Money, I published that in 2008, right before the market crash. And right after I lost my job, uh, or right around the time I lost my full-time job. So I became very much a victim of the recession, but at the same time, had all this sort of advice to give too. So I was pulling from my personal life, but also my professional life to help people. That was 12 years ago. And I've been working for myself ever since, continuing to write books. I have a podcast. I do a lot of television workshops, everything. So it's been a journey. And now here we are again, 2020, facing Mm. an even bigger crisis, I think, than what we experienced in 2008 from a financial standpoint. Yes. You know what I'm excited about? I can't wait to read your this book, When She Makes More, The Truth About Love and Life for a New Generation of Women. Um, I read a little bit about the excerpt and you're saying women who make more money than their partner are much more likely to have infidelity Mm -hmm. in their marriage. When did this book come out? Because I'm sorry, I wish I would have read it sooner. It's still very relevant. It's finding it more and more relevance as the years go on. I wrote it and it came out in 2014. So it's been out out a while. Yeah, I never. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm going to be reading it right away. Yeah, I I find that it's relevant for a lot of um, couples and women today. I wrote it as um, I once read a book for women that touched on something financially interesting. And there's a lot of really great books out there for women on the topic of money. And I wanted to kind of move the conversation to the next level. And I started with kind of looking at my own life and what might have been something that I was um, scratching my head over. And I make more than my husband. I always have. And even when we were dating, I was making more. Um, I felt like this was not something that I could really talk about publicly, comfortably, it was not necessarily an awkward ish- issue in our relationship, but I felt like all eyes were on us from my parents to from society. I felt like we weren't living that normal relationship. And I wanted to explore this and figure out for myself why I felt uneasy about it. And through the research, the book was born. I discovered, to your point, more couples uh, get divorced. There's a higher rate for divorce chance for divorce when she makes more men tend to say they feel emasculated and women also say like, look, I wasn't prepared for this. This is totally sort of um, unsettling for me as well. I don't feel feminine. And there were all these things that we were afraid to say out loud because it's not politically correct. Right. Yes. To be this extremely progressive country with progressive views. And, and for as much as we have progressed as a society and as, as women and men, there was this very primitive expectation that was holding us back, which is that we, despite the fact that women are going to college in higher numbers, grad school in higher numbers, more women are working now than ever before, making more money. Part of us still wants that fairy tale of marrying the Prince Charming, who's going to like take care of us. I'm using air quotes. And men have been 
very much um, raised with the expectation that their biggest achievement, their most important achievement in life is to be a provider. And exclusively, that means financial provider. And that's just a script that's been in their head from day one. And it's not just today. It's been generations um, ingrained in them. And so when that isn't the scenario, when they get in a relationship, they marry for love and they're not, happens to be not making more than their wife, they start to kind of lose their sense of purpose and identity and start to doubt, am I being a good man? Am I a good father? Am I a good husband? And it's fascinating. It's super complex. It's really juicy stuff. I interviewed so many great couples in the book who are thriving despite a lot of these headwinds, you know, whether that's your mother being judgmental, society, work you yourself feeling insecure about how did I arrive here? What do I do? Um, and, but creating a roadmap despite all of that for couples so that they can be successful no matter who's making more or less in the relationship. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it is so, so interesting. I absolutely agree with you because I think the men get, could get emasculated. So they're looking outside the marriage. I think women have it in their head, even though they're happy, they're making the money. They feel maybe their men aren't as powerful. Women are so attracted to powerful men and they feel their man isn't as powerful because of society. It is. I, I literally cannot wait to read it. I, it's something I've, I've, come into contact with in my marriage, my husband went back to school. So, you know, immediately we took a big hit and he changed his career late in life. So we've struggled with a lot of these issues in our marriage. So I'm very interested to read it, but now he works in the healthcare field. So he actually now is one of the few people that is able to go to work every day and make a big difference. So I am very grateful for him, even though when he chose to go back to school, I panicked. I know it was scary. It was scary scary. for sure. And it is scary. I know. And I also feel like women also feel the responsibility on them because we are so great at multitasking. We can do a lot. We could do a lot of things. And to, you know, sometimes I always feel like, oh, I'm earning money. You know, I have a business. I'm on a TV show. I'm on this. I'm on that. You know, the, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And, and and it is a lot of pressure. It is. And one of the stats in the book that's amazing, I cannot believe this, is that when she makes more, she actually does more housework than a wife who makes the same or less. And the psychiatrists who analyze the data are like, Makes sense to us because here's what's happening. She is not feeling like she's stepping into her feminine when she is. And so what does she do? She does all the stereotypical feminine things that she thinks she's supposed to do, like housewife work and, you know, cleaning and things like that, because she's feeling like she has to make up for that. She's wearing the pants now and it doesn't feel feminine to her. And, you know, again, this is the sort of stuff where we can't believe we're saying this out loud in 2020, but here we are. There was a recent study, too, that looked at what America expects of gender roles in relationships. Men and women still think that it's the man's responsibility to be the financial provider, the main household breadwinner. Um, And I think like 70% of Americans, and that's men and women, not just the men, not just the women. And so you look at that and you really see that gap between where sort of our our minds are, but where society is. And, and the book hopefully tries to answer some of those confusions that's within the gap and how to kind of reconcile and within your relationship. And there's no one size fits all. You have to figure out your own groove in your relationship and be willing to go to those sort of not politically correct places and speak your truth and say, this is making me uncomfortable and explore that and, and feel like you're in a safe place to do that. Until then, couples can't really um, be successful. 
I know. It's a it's it's crazy how money really rules so many things in your life. And that's why I think you're so important and you give such a clear head and you speak in such clear terms. This is so important, this podcast. I'm so happy you came on. But I want to know, are you doing any other books? What do you what's next for Farnoosh? Oh my gosh. Well, um, I I don't have another book in the works. I'm really focused on my podcast right now. It's called So Money. We've done I've done over a thousand episodes. Five yeah, years. and I saw you have like over twelve. What is it? Twelve million downloads. Twelve. I don't even. Yeah, I stopped counting. Yeah, 12, over twelve million downloads. Crazy. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's been one of my proudest work achievements. I no one told me to start a podcast. I just did it. And it was really important for me to continue staying engaged with my community. I just had a kid, which by the way, right after you have a child, women are at their most creative, by the way. So remember that. It's like, I think becoming a mother has been such a professional gift in some ways because I've been able to really leverage that mommy, I don't know, juice. And it's <laughs> like, I don't mess around anymore, right? I really have to, you know, like you don't have a lot of time. So you have to think really, it's not about working harder, it's working smarter and kind of leveraging all of your experiences and what you can do and what you like to do and that sweet spot. And so the podcast five years ago was sort of a solution to me not really being able to leave the house a whole lot because I just had a kid, but really longing to stay in my career and be even more connected to my audience. And podcasting just seemed to be the right formula. And now, five years later, I'm, I'm going back to my roots, which is video and on-camera stuff. So hopefully doing more of that in the, in the next um, 12 months. And then, I don't know, um, we'll see. But I love meeting new people. And- oh, I, love, yeah. I mean, I thank you so much for coming on. A, you are so inspiring. I can't wait to listen to your podcast and, and read the book that had come out. It's so you know, pertinent, especially for now. And um, thank you so much and stay healthy and safe with your beautiful family. Thank and we're so excited well. to uh, listen to you. Have you on my podcast. Oh, absolutely. Your amazing empire that you've built and how you're doing right thank now. You. Thank you. I know we're excited about our podcast and helping entrepreneurs and helping women and all our listeners and everybody, you know, gain their financial freedom and live their dreams. So we're excited. So just let everyone know where they could find you, Farnoosh. Sure. So, so moneypodcast.com where you can check out the show. And I love hanging out on Instagram. If you want to follow me there, I answer money questions in DMs. And I also collect questions there for the Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh on the podcast. So if you really have a question, that's the best way to reach me. And my Instagram handle is Farnoosh Tarabi, my full name. Oh, I love that. You know, that's how I found you. What somebody wrote to us, I said, tell me a great guest yeah. to have. And they go, have on Farnoosh Tarabi. I'm like, oh my God, why am I not following her already? I was so excited. So that's thank how I you. found Farnoosh. Everybody follow her. She's unbelievable. And thank you so much for such amazing advice that people really needed to hear right now. Yes. And as things change, happy to come back and update everybody. It's always, it's so fluid right now. Yes. We're going to need you. I'd love to have you back. Thank you. Can't wait. Bye. 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 Bye.